0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The public is going to go
1: back to understanding or questioning why we have. So few restrictions on guns, particularly assault level type guns, that guns and gunfire are the number one cause of death with children, and we really can't tolerate that anymore. We owe it to the parents. Everybody that's attending every vigil in Nashville feels that there needs to be a public response to this kind of tragedy and to say enough is enough.
0: That's the mayor of Nashville, John Cooper, and I will tell you that my parents are very thankful that I carry a firearm every day. They appreciate that I do so, that I recognize its value and I recognize its importance. And the the mayor of Nashville, no matter what you may think of Tennessee, Nashville is different than the mayor of Nashville. Utilizing this horror at Covenant... Uh, Christian school, Presbyterian church, in the murder of six from a former student, a woman who identified as a man, utilizing this as an opportunity to say, we need to ban guns, is just as sick and twisted and depraved as you would have assumed. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. This is not an easy story. This is everything that you don't want oh. in, in a society. And there is video out now, the body cam footage of police officers taking out this 28 year old who used to be a student at the school. A woman who made the claim of being male and used certain pronouns and this and that. When this first came out, when the story came out it seemed to be in the reverse and I thought it was a man who made the claim of being a woman. I even said so on social media. Why are we calling, why are we saying she when that's clearly not the case? No, the reporting was confused in the beginning that clearly is the case. A former student at the school who, according to sources, had a manifesto, had, um, Maps of of the school and knew uh, where to go and what to look for. There is video of this shooter breaking down, shooting down the 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 door, shooting out the glass to be able to get in, and then going around corners, going into buildings. So. Where do we go from here, and do we have the full and complete story? The full and complete story is that very obviously this woman with a serious level of mental issues, which what we have to do is ask ask ourselves where they come from, and we will get into that. I am not going to shy away from the conversation, not for a second. Having some kind of, of issue Writing to a friend, texting to a friend, I just want to die. And I'm telling you because you're the most beautiful person I know. And the friend writing, don't do this. But certainly I don't think knowing that this this woman's plan was to go to a school and shoot people we we believe uh, at the moment that she didn't know. You're killing nine-year-olds. You killed three nine-year-olds. Because you were in some kind of pain or, or anguish. That's unbelievable. That is out of control. How does that happen? That you put yourself in a position and put yourself in a situation. Say to yourself, I can't go on, and if I can't go on, no one else can go on either. Look, I I have spoken a lot about my my own days of depression and being suicidal. Never once did I consider taking anybody out with me. Thus, we're dealing with something else. At least in my view, an expert might see it a bit differently. But to plan out this attack, I mean, to plan it out and then execute Six people. When you watch the body-worn cameras and you see these officers going through classroom after classroom, clearing each classroom, they don't know what they're up against. But you'll notice these officers were not like the officers in Uvalde. They weren't like the officers in Parkland. They're going room after room. They're not worried about what this shooter might have. They're going to find this person, and they're going to put an end to this. Respect to these officers who are extremely well-trained and actually did the job. But what to make of the, of the shooting itself? What do you take from it? Is it the transgender part that leads to a conversation? Well, I'm here to tell you that it's absolutely going to lead to a conversation. The transgender part is going to lead to multiple conversations. Because there is a manifesto and as we know, there is a a a, a um as has been described maps and and layouts and and everything else. But until you see the manifesto, you'd be speculating. You'd be guessing. I'm not doing that. No, I am not. I will not speculate. I will not say here's what I think is in it. That's meaningless. If you and I were on a bar stool, we said, say, well, I think this. Well, I think that. Okay, you might think this and you might think that. Absolutely true. You might think those things. But until you know, you don't share that on radio. You don't do it. You wait to have all the information. While we're waiting for that information, we can ask ourselves, because the conversation has already come up. It's already been uh, uh, broached. What does this mean for the Second Amendment? Why aren't we doing more for the Second Amendment? That's why I brought in uh, Mayor John Cooper there. Why aren't we doing more to to have restrictions on guns? Why do we have so few restrictions on guns? Who do you want to restrict now? The real answer, of course, is that for people like Mayor John Cooper, they don't want you to have a firearm. They don't want you to be able to protect and defend yourself. And their response is, look at what's happening to children. And I'll say to you, I wholeheartedly agree. Look at at what is happening to children. No disagreement, none. Absolutely, positively none. But I must be very clear that the people who think that this is about the Second Amendment clearly, clearly are unwilling to have bigger conversations. They're unwilling to do the harder work. Isn't that right, Whoopi Goldberg?
1: Why don't we put in place trainings, background checks, mental health screenings
0: to be able to have one? Why are we compromised? It, well, Why it, are we... And you, know really what I'm, you know what I'm tired of? I, I don't mean to, no. to be rude to, to, to cut you off. I'm tired of trying to find a way to justify mm-hmm. you being able to keep 75 guns in your house. I am tired. I didn't ask you to justify it, Whoopi, so shut your mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too offensive? I didn't ask for your permission for a holy damn thing. Why don't you go back, the expert that you are, and tell me again about what the Holocaust was really all about? You want to start a fight? I'll start a fight. You ain't tough. You ain't special. A person with an opinion, oh my gosh, having an opinion. I don't have to justify myself to you. Thank God. God, by the way, because you, whoopee, don't have to justify yourself to me. You don't have to justify why it is you support terrible causes, why it is you hate people who protect and defend themselves, and it happens all the time. You just won't talk about the stories. I don't need you to justify to me why you won't take a look at the bigger issues. What is the societal ill? What is happening in our world that has people saying, my only way out is to kill six people before I go? You don't have to justify to me, Whoopi Goldberg, why you're a low-rent coward. Why you are, and I say this now, and I would say it to you nose to nose out of respect, why you're so chicken crap. Because you are. I accept that you're angry. I accept that you're disgusted. I accept that you're done with this stuff. Me too. But no society has ever been better off with less rights. And when the people are disarmed, things will get worse, not better. Oh, never mind how you'll never be able to answer the question of how you would go about the disarming. But that is neither here nor there. Now is it? Of course this is the conversation. The same boring conversation that goes absolutely nowhere. The same boring concepts from people like Randy Weingarten, the President of the American Federation of Teachers. Today, we renew our call
1: for common sense gun safety legislation, including a ban on assault
0: weapons. This is... An epidemic. Kids not being able to compete at their grade level in math is an epidemic that you caused. I don't want to hear you right now. Banning assault weapons. You don't even know what an assault weapon is. Shouldn't we be asking why people do these things? See, that's what's too hard. And that's what cowards like Randy Weingarten and Whoopi Goldberg will never do. They'll never ask why. Cowards like John Cooper. By the way, this is what you elect, Nashville? You figured out Nash Vegas and you elect this guy? Do I have to listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre? What I will say to Republicans in Congress is,
1: what are you going to say to these parents? What are you going to say to these family members? Sixty three percent of Americans. And I heard this poll uh, laid out here on the show earlier today. It's a political poll said that they want to see safer gun safety measures. They want to see that. That is the will of the people. So Republicans need to listen to majority of Americans in this country.
0: I've got the Second Amendment and I'm not going to listen to people who think they can take away my rights. So sit down, cringe Jean-Pierre, you got it wrong. The gun is not the issue. Let me say this again for the people in the cheap seats who are incapable of thought and actually being rational. They have no thoughtfulness whatsoever, they are only reactionary, reactionary, reactionary. The gun is not the problem. People are. What's leading people down this road? That's the hard question. That's the tough stuff to which I do not have a perfect answer. But I certainly will not listen to anybody who won't address it. Kiss off. You're losers. You're not capable, Corinne Jean-Pierre. You're not capable, Whoopi Goldberg. You're not capable, Mayor John Cooper. You don't have it. You don't have the will, you don't have the fortitude, you don't have the decency, you don't have the honesty, you don't have the respect for your fellow man to ask them what's really wrong. You are such ideological cowards that you scream, get rid of the guns! And everyone goes, oh, they're so brave. You're not brave. That's like going to Hollywood and screaming, why is everybody such a racist out there? When really all the racists are in Hollywood You want to be brave in Hollywood, 20 years ago, stand up to Harvey Weinstein. But no, you didn't do that either. You just let the girls go up to the room and said, oh, glad I'm not them. Oh, I've got a meeting with Harvey at 2 o'clock. Cowards. Oh, is it too soon? It's not too soon. It's not too soon to ask what's happened to our society and how do we fix it. I'm going to get into more of this but I am not listening to the cowardly Whoopi Goldberg, the cowardly Corinne Jean-Pierre, or the cowardly mayor of Nashville. And their only answer of, we have to ban firearms. We need more regulations. This 28-year-old thought she was a boy. I'm sorry, a man. And this 28-year-old was sad, was miserable, texted friends So they did have some way to connect to and then decided to murder nine-year-olds along the way. If you really think this is about guns, and I say this extremely personally and directly, if you really think that this is about guns, you need to look into a mirror and ask yourself if you're a coward too. I'm Tony Katz. So there is other news out there, like for example, it's not all about what happened in Nashville. Um, there's also digital blackface. I'm sorry, what? There, it, it, digital blackface. It's it's a story on CNN. What's digital blackface, and why is it wrong when white people use it? Oh weird stuff's about to happen, isn't it? Tony Katz, (laughs) Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Um, It starts with a story about uh, Kimberly uh, Wilkins um, escaping uh, an apartment fire and using the line, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, Kylan, if you actually looked that up in my folder, in the AM show folder, you will actually, I believe, find that audio. Ain't nobody got time for that. And that became a meme. And that sound effect got used. Right? Like, um, as the, the author writes here, Michael Jordan crying, RuPaul declaring, girl. Right? These things get used. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's it. Well, it turns out that if you do that, according to the writer here, John Blake on CNN, that's digital blackface. You are a racist for doing that. Digital blackface is a practice where white people co-opt online expressions of black imagery, slang, catchphrases, or culture to convey convey comic relief or express emotions. Guys... It's at this moment you're allowed to take your bourbon and enjoy a nice, long, deep sip. Drink responsibly, but this is the moment. Wow. If, if I share something happening culturally from an icon like Michael Jordan, it's digital blackface. If I share somebody using a funny quip or a line, it's digital blackface. See that? In every way, they have deemed you guilty. The question is why? What is is the win here? Well, when outrage is the name of the game. When outrage pays so well, you got to find things to be outraged about. I often have discussed the concept of the racial divide. How does one heal the racial divide when the wound is so profitable? I spoke of um, this author uh, writing about um, people of younger generations who uh, embrace their trauma and think that their trauma is the most interesting thing about them. And if that's the case, if your trauma is the most interesting interesting thing about you, how do you ever get over it? That's kind of what we're seeing more and more. Trump talks about Ukraine and makes a point. That's up next. it well in hand he says ukraine russia invasions pff, i will have this taken care of in 24 hours hello hey sir how you doing i was just talking about you and your conversation with hannity about having everything solved in ukraine in 24 hours uh we're gonna we're gonna break down what you said if that's all right by you tony katz tony katz today what is going on everybody Find everything Tonycats.locals.com. Tonycats.locals.com. I've got it here. i I, I mean, I'm gonna. I want to share it because this is a conversation that Trump believes moves the electorate for 2024. And you have to admit that the support of Ukraine has become for people on the right a political issue. Not everybody agreeing. There are some who believe that you should support Ukraine with absolutely everything, whatever it is they need, anytime they need it, including troops. There are some who believe you just give them money and you sell them weapons, that's it. There are some who believe you just give them the weapons, you don't give any money, and that's it. And then there are some who believe that it's their problem, not our problem. I don't want to hear about this anymore, and they sum it up like this. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say let them crash. Now, I'm not one of those people because Russia clearly is looking to gain land and gain people and gain prominence. And this is all about the fact that they have a failed nation and a failed philosophy and they can't do anything about it in a fast enough time on their own to be able to correct things, so they're just going to try and steal the land, therefore steal the people, to decide they're actually ethnic Russians, and then, of course, uh, grow from there. Now, the people in the Donbass region, they do see themselves as ethnic Russians, so it certainly makes an argument for Vladimir Putin, but there's no question that it's an invasion. I believe you can sell them weapons. I actually believe you can give them money. There is a question, though, of how much money and there's also the reality that vladimir zelensky who i am not a super big fan of he did stay he could have run he stayed he stayed and he fought and he has led people and that is worthy of note but that he was running some great government ukraine was some great places a corrupt place man i i i don't look to ukraine it's like wow When they get this thing settled, I am totally moving my family over there. There is nothing like that that is happening. No siree bub as the expression would go. But I'm not in the camp of it's not my pig, not my farm. I think you got to be aware of what's happening in that farm because it could affect your farm and it could affect your pig. But that's a a, a disagreement, right? We discussed that through. I'm amazed at the levels to which this has become such a hot button conversation for Republicans because it's a real question of how, as as a party, they're going to view foreign policy going forward right? You could argue that my theory puts me more in the neocon camp, if you want to utilize that terminology. I, un- I understand when people say that, although I think my position is a touch more nuanced of where I-, I-, I draw the line to things. Like, for example, there are some people who will tell you we should have the no-fly zone. You're out of your head if you believe in a no-fly zone, and I said that then. A no-fly zone commits us to a level of force it puts us in the fight and I don't want to be in the fight there's never a moment where I'm okay with a troop on the ground in Ukraine and if it meant Ukraine fell I'd be like oh well I guess they couldn't do it and that would be the end of that I do not believe in putting any troops on the ground. It's why I have real concerns about the training of Ukrainians in Oklahoma on Patriot missile systems. I have real trouble with training Ukrainians on the Bradleys and the M1A1s on the tanks. Because I don't believe they can actually do it on their own. Now, there are be people, and they've told me on this show, not only can they do it, they have been doing it. There's no problem with training them. it doesn't commit U.S. troops to the ground, it's fine. As long as it doesn't commit U.S. troops to the ground, I'm fine. I don't necessarily believe that the Ukrainians can do what it is we say they can do or what we we believe we can train them to, but we'll leave that for later. We'll leave that for another moment. Let's go back to Trump talking to Sean Hannity.
1: So Putin said, because everyone said, oh, I'm so nice to Putin. Putin said, if you're my friend, I'd hate to see you as an enemy. He told me that. I got along very well with Putin. By the way, I'd be able to work that out. It would have never happened in a million years. And even the Democrats admit that. But if this thing isn't solved by the time we have the election, which is possible it won't be, and there's also possible we'll be in World War III with these idiots that are doing what they're doing, you could end up in a nuclear world war, which will make World War I and World War II look like patty cakes, okay? Uh, this unbelievable, because we have people that don't know what they're
0: doing. Now, I agree that we have people who don't know what they're doing. Will we end up in a nuclear war? Well, when you're dealing with Russia and they have nothing to lose, there's, of course, that saber rattle. So it is well within the political understanding for Trump to utilize the saber rattle as a way to do exactly that, to make a cause of seriousness, to show that he's the only guy who can handle the seriousness. And it should not be denied, regardless of your position on Trump. Trump so scares people because you don't know what he's going to do that people don't do things because they don't know what the response is going to be. The argument of, well, these things happened under Biden because they knew what the response of Biden would be. They knew it would be lax. They knew it would be nothing. They watched the withdrawal from Afghanistan. They said, "Okay, we got this. I I have a hard time from anybody thinking that that isn't completely and totally true, one thousand percent true. How could you deny it? It's right in front of your face, and how could you deny that people don't make moves with Trump because they know Trump can go full nutty? I think that that's a standard that is that is true. And by the way, I think that is a check mark for Trump in twenty twenty four. Oh, I think that's one of his biggest pluses. Other nations don't know what to do with them. And that puts us in the driver's seat. That's a good position. That's a good position to be in. Oh, I absolutely think it's a plus. And I think not only does it connect with his his base, I think it connects um, with the political right in general. I think it connects with women. I know that sounds like, like, like counterintuitive, but I think it connects with women who are like, what is with all this manby-pamby nonsense? Go show them what you're made of. And they're like... That guy's nuts. But he's showing him what showing him what he, he's made of. That's what I want to see. I I do. I truly believe that is what connects. He continues.
1: But if it's not solved, I will have it solved in 24 hours with Zelensky and with Putin. And there's a very easy negotiation to take place. But I don't want to tell you what it is because then I can't use that negotiation. It'll never work. But there's a very easy negotiation to take place. I will have it solved within one day. A peace between them. Now, that's a year and a half. That's a long time. I can't imagine something not happening. Uh, the, the, chairman the key the- with that is the war has to stop now. Be-
0: now, what do I believe that Trump could do that could end this in 24 hours? I, I, the, the The mind doth wander. It boggles. I have absolutely no idea what it is that he could do. Let us ponder this. How does Trump end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours? Huh. I don't um I, I don't know. What what is I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he has in 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 mind. Is he just going to, like, like? there's going to be a, a Vladimir Zelensky in the room, there's Vladimir Putin in the room, and they're going to be yelling at each other, and all of a sudden Trump's going to walk in? Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. With the kisses are hers, hers, and hers and hers and his company, too. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to do it. But he And he's like, I'm not going to tell you, because if I tell you, it can't be done. He just puts it out there, man. He puts it out there. And then, you know, his detractors are going to be like, oh, one day. Like last Tuesday, you we were going to get indicted, right? 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 Right. That's, I mean, that that's how you make the argument back. He continued.
1: Ukraine is being obliterated. You know, whether... There'll be nothing people, left. Well, I looked at pictures of cities that are literally Destined. like, a, it's like complete death, demolition. I was in the construction business. You would demolish a building and you'd, it looked like hundreds of these demolition sites. The There wasn't a building standing. And these are cities for Ukraine. They were big cities, very big cities. Now he hasn't really, in Kiev, he hasn't really set the missiles in, but at some point he'll do that one too. There's nothing standing. The other thing is many more people are dead. And horribly injured. Then they're reporting. You know, when you see missiles hitting fifteen buildings and fifteen buildings falling to the ground, and they're big buildings, there are a lot of people in those buildings. And then they say one person was injured. These are phony
0: reports. Man. He's right about that. That connects because we hear these stories. A hospital got hit. Three people got hurt. What do you? It was a hospital. It was a hospital. What do you mean three people got hurt? Uh, They're phony stories. Certainly they're hard to believe. And certainly a war is propaganda in many, many ways. You got to tell them, ah, you missed. Ah, it didn't hurt. It's like when you see a fighter in MMA or in boxing get punched square in the face and then they shake their head and they're smiling like, didn't hurt me. It hurt them. Anytime you see that, you're seeing a guy who's full of crap. Of course, they're hurt, but they're trying overly hard to kind of shake it off, get in the head of the other guy, uh, the the whole thing.
1: What's well, many, many people are being killed that you don't know, but you'll see that later so, on. So you'd prefer, if you were president, you think you could, you would have a negotiated settlement and within 24 hours. And we wouldn't no longer be po- ponying up all the money that, by the way, Western, Western Europe is not doing their fair share. What's unfair, and you and I have had this conversation, is that we are spending, we're up to almost $150 billion, and Europe's at $24 billion. Now, it's the same thing with NATO. Don't forget, I got the, them to put up hundreds of billions of dollars. My first meeting at NATO, you know, I was just there, never did this before. I'm sitting with all these presidents and prime ministers, nice guys, 28 countries. And I'm looking at the charts. I say, could I see who's delinquent because they're supposed to pay? And they say, what do you mean by delinquent? They said, that's a real estate term. When you don't pay your rent, you're delinquent. Could I please see uh, who has not paid? And of the 28 countries, 20 were not paid. They weren't paying. Mm -hmm. And I said, you have to pay. And if you don't pay, I'm not going to protect you.
0: Now, that is the crux of the conversation now isn't it you pay or you don't get protected and you're like you pay or you don't get protected where in the world have i heard this one before but it connected it can't be said enough that it connected look i got enough issues with trump to fill a wagon He is not my first choice going into 2024 once again. And it's because of his own words. It's because he can't get out of his own way. But when he focuses and sits down like he's doing on this one-on-one with Hannity, man, he's good. And he has in this, by the way, this whole clip, I have played three minutes and three seconds of it. Three minutes and three seconds. He is able to speak in a way that connects with more Americans than anybody else, by the way, including DeSantis. DeSantis is going to have to get better at that, and I believe the getting better is by actually doing it, because he might actually be very good at it, and I don't know. He has shown the moments. Don't get me wrong. He has absolutely shown the moments, but... To do it just on the on the extemporaneous, to do it on the quick, to be able to speak in a way that gets to the core. We're spending too much money. We're spending money. NATO's not spending money. And I told these people, pay or we don't protect you. People get that. They understand it. And you might find some college educated folk who find that, you know, beneath us or beyond the pale, the blue collar, the bar stool, everyday Americans, they're like, hell yeah damn straight and they're not rednecks and they're not rubes and they're not hicks and they're not this that and the other they understand how that works because the real world has worked that way to them so can he stop the war in 24 hours i don't think so but is he engaged in a ukraine conversation that connects with voters in a way that voters want to hear it Yup, he sure is I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. So Representative Ocasio-Cortez doesn't know why in the world we should ban TikTok. After all, what has TikTok done wrong and she hasn't gotten a briefing or nothing? And usually when the United States is proposing a very major move that has something to do with significant risk to national security, one of the first things that happens is that Congress receives a classified briefing. And I can tell you that Congress has not received a classified briefing around the allegations of national security risks regarding TikTok. So why would we be proposing a ban regarding such a significant issue without being clued in on this at all? It just doesn't feel right to me. It certainly doesn't feel right to me that you would have this conversation on TikTok playing the part of the useful idiot in defending the Communist Chinese Party, which is exactly what it is she's doing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Well, Jake Denton over at Heritage Foundation, who we've had on the show before, notes that Acasi Cortez is a member of the Advisory Council for the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute. They received $150,000 from ByteDance. Oh, who's ByteDance? ByteDance owns tiktok so here you are defending tiktok while an organization to which you're an advisory member is getting money from tiktok it's also noted in the reporting from daily wire that representative jamal bowman also a progressive from new york hey he has defended tiktok why are we banning this this is just republicans upset that we're able to reach the youth and they can't because republicans don't have no swag actually his words uh, I'm, I'm quoting there his wife worked for the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, which also received $150,000 from ByteDance. Now, it's possible that what is connecting Ocasio-Cortez and Jamal Bowman is not that organizations they're connected to have gotten money, which they should fully disclose. It is what connects them, I should say, is that they are both progressives and they don't accept the idea that China could be bad since the objective is to tear down the United States as it is and create I don't know, some version they've got of America that clearly isn't America China can't be the enemy, America has to be the enemy so therefore America has to be doing something wrong, so as useful idiots do, they then take the other side as somehow being right and proper, and we should allow TikTok to serve to America's youth, 150 million users any propaganda they choose without any say from the United States meanwhile, you're not allowed to speak to one member of the Chinese Communist Party without their okay. I think that's more likely. And what they believe in isn't what we value as American citizens. This is Tony Katz today.